Uh, this lesson is going to be entitled Having a Heart for God. And this is going to be, if you want to turn your Bible, if you have your Bible with you, to 1 Samuel chapter number 13. 1 Samuel chapter number 13. What we're going to be trying to do tonight is pick out a few of the characteristics of David uh, that would have identified him as a man after God's own heart. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 13. We know that in 1 Samuel 13, the first mention of this man, this man after God's own heart, was by Samuel, the prophet, to Saul. Saul had got ahead of the Lord. Saul had not obeyed the Lord. And Samuel was rebuking Saul for doing something he shouldn't have done. You read about this in 1 Samuel 13 and 13. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. And because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And so we have here Samuel's rebuke of Saul. And during this passage, it, it basically identifies that God had somebody else who was going to take over the kingdom. God had another man, a man who was after his own heart. So Saul had kind of disqualified himself from being this man. Saul was not the man uh, that God wanted to lead the nation of Israel. Now, it is amazing to think and you know, it's good to meditate upon the scriptures, how that even at this time, David did not know that God had this in mind for him. I believe that David had developed some traits in his life that God was already seeing and was already looking at, and he was being prepared by God in order to take over the kingdom. If you want to flip your Bible over real quick to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 15, 1 Samuel chapter number 15, where the scripture says, again, another mistake that Saul made, Samuel's rebuking Saul again, because Saul had done something he should not have done. And the Bible says in verse 28 of 1 Samuel 15, it says, And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. So not only did the Bible call David a man after God's own heart, it also said that David was living better than Saul. He was a neighbor who was better than Saul. I'm sure this was a great rebuke to him. This was a very, it was a scathing rebuke. And it was also something that would take Saul down a few notches. And cer certainly Saul ex um, had some jealousy that was exposed uh, in the next several chapters. But, you know, here we have David who had a heart for God and I hope that you can see in your life that you have a heart for God, that God could see in you certain character qualities that he says, okay, I can bless that. You know, I think there's certain things in David's life that we might be able to look for and look at um, to where you can see how his heart developed. The first thing you can see if you have your Bible there is 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. The scripture, and that we've talked about this often, how that Samuel came to anoint the next king out of the sons of Jesse. 
And Jesse didn't even call David to the house when Samuel showed up. And Samuel basically said, we're not sitting down to eat. We're not going to do anything until you bring all these children in. Uh, we're still going to be on slide number one. But, um, you know, David, you know, basically Jesse said, uh, you're not going to, uh, you're, you're not going to, uh, we're not going to sit down until David gets here. And so David got there. The Bible says, uh, 1 Samuel 16 and verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, this is he. Now 1 Samuel 16 and 12, you're getting a description of how David looked. Okay, the first thing it says about him is that he was ruddy, R-U-D-D-Y. If you look up that word, it means reddish of the hair or complexion. The Bible says that he had a beautiful countenance. In other words, and well, the Bible says also, and goodly to look to. He was a good-looking young man. He was goodly to look to, and that, that's pretty self-explanatory. Self In verse 13, the Bible says that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Samuel rises up and goes, and you see the, these things about David. First of all, he, he's good-looking. Uh, he was obedient to his father when they went to, to come and call him. Uh, notice in verse number, uh, if you, you're there in 1 Samuel chapter number 16, there was, there was a spirit of the Lord that came on Saul that was an evil spirit. It was troubling Saul. And they were looking for somebody to play some music for Saul. And the Bible says in verse 17 of 1 Samuel 16, And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. So here's another thing that was said about David. This is another thing that we could say that made David a man after God's own heart. Then answered, verse 18, 1 Samuel 16 and 18. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing. He was, he was good at playing stringed instruments. This tells me that David had spent some time, not just some time, but a lot of time, developing a craft, something that can bless others. Uh, he had a heart for God. You know, one of the things that we can do as a church is try to encourage and facilitate uh, parents to invest in their children so that they become efficient and proficient at playing an instrument. It's a blessing when your children learn how to play an instrument to the point where they can then be a blessing to others. David became a blessing to other people through his music. I want you to understand today that if you have a heart for God, you have a talent, you should use that for God. Music can provide a blessing to others. Just a few weeks ago, a young man that used to be a part of our Christian school in another state uh, was playing the offertory for a church, and I listened to the song that he played over and over again because it was so beautiful. It touched my heart. It was a blessing to me. And, you know, a lot of times when people have a talent, 
if they don't share it with others, it won't be a blessing. Uh, if you do have a talent to play a musical instrument, to sing, you ought to share that with others. So David was a man after God's own heart. You could see that and that he was a man who had prepared himself. He was somebody who was diligent and uh, to accomplish something. The next thing it says in verse 18 of 1 Samuel 16 is that he is a mighty valiant man and a man of war. Okay, David was somebody who had practiced as he was out taking care of the sheep, um, how to throw stones with a slingshot. Uh, I'm sure that he was uh, pretty talented with his staff. You know, this, this man that, that had observed David said he's a mighty man. He's a valiant man. He's a man who uh, is a man of war and prudent in matters. David was known in the days of his youth as someone who was going to think through things. You know, sometimes one of the errors of our youth is that we make decisions without thinking through what will happen should we make this decision. There, there ought to be some prudence before we make decisions. Maybe we ought to take counsel. Maybe you ought to stop and think about things and not be hasty. Have you ever met someone that was very hasty in how they handled that something? They were impulsive. They just, they saw something and they just went right after it. And, you know, the scripture talks about uh, people who are prudent in matters. This means they think through the ramifications of what they're going to do. David was one of those, okay? The Bible says he was a comely person, which again is something that mentions how that David was a good-looking person. He was good to look to. He was a comely person. And the last thing it says, probably the most important for Samuel 16, is that the Lord was with him. It kind of reminds you of some other people in the Bible where the scripture says, but the Lord was with him. You know, in the story of Joseph, the Bible says uh, a few times in the book of Genesis that even though bad things had happened to Joseph, it says the Lord was with him. You know, that's one thing that we know. If we have a heart after God or we have a heart for God, that God promises that he'll be with us. He, he promises us as believers that he'll never leave us uh, nor forsake us. And so when we deal with David having a heart for God, it was manifested in these areas. It was manifested in how God said that he was a neighbor better than Saul, that he was a man after God's own heart, uh, that he had these issues that the Bible talks about in 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Not only that, his heart for God was manifested in his family relationships. David, as you know, went and played a harp before Saul. It was used by God to calm his heart. The music was. And even after David went and played his harp for Saul, the scripture says in verse number 15 of 1 Samuel 17, but David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, if you're in 1 Samuel 17, you remember how that the Jews felt about shepherds. They were not held in high regard. Shepherds was probably one of the lowliest positions in the Jewish economy. And so when Eliab, the oldest brother of David, saw David coming out to the field and, you know, basically getting incensed at the things Goliath said, you could read about this in 1 Samuel chapter number 17 and verse 28. 
David come out to the field. It says, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? This is how shepherds were talked to and viewed in the Bible and in the Jewish economy. They were viewed poorly. You have the lowest job. You're not a warrior. You're not a soldier. You're not even important. You just take care of a few sheep, you know. But in God's economy, shepherds were extremely important. In the Old Testament, he likened pastors to shepherds that would protect their flock from the wolves that would come against them. And we know about David, how in 1 Samuel 17, when he was trying to tell Saul that he had faith enough uh, to go out there and deal with Goliath, in 1 Samuel 17 and 34, David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Listen, David was a man after God's own heart because David was a picture of a good shepherd. You know what? Some of David's brothers would have probably ran before that bear, would have ran before the lion, but not David. David was a mighty and a valiant man. He was a man who trusted God. This was a man who manifested a relationship for God, a heart for God, and how he loved his father, obedient to his father, wanted to honor his father. He was also a man who was an extremely talented person, who invested his life in being diligent, good at whatever he did, you know, these are ways that you know that you'll have a heart after God. Now, one thing we deal with in our generation, and all I can tell you is very important for us to try to institute things in our homes that create individuals and cultivates individuals who have a heart for God. You'll never cultivate a heart for God while holding on to laziness. You will never cultivate a heart for God while you don't apply yourself and to be diligent about anything. That is not cultivating a heart for God. And that's one of the things that we should be challenged with. I mean, David, even as a young man, was certainly not known by laziness. He was known by hard work, effort, diligence, success. He was noticed and God was with him. You know, may God give us young people in our lives and may this be a challenge to those of you who are maybe struggling you know, uh, be, be like David, have a heart for God. I guarantee you get a burden, you start living for the Lord, God will encourage you to do this. So not only did David have a heart for God and was that manifested in his life through family relationships, it was also manifested by his faith in God. We all know the story of, you know, the Goliath, David and Goliath. He went down into the Valley of Elah, he drew those five stones, and he went down and talked to Goliath. The Bible talks about David's faith in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 37. This verse sums up his faith. It says, David says, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. David had a great faith in God. Perhaps some of my favorite verses in scripture are seen in verses 45 through 47. When David was speaking to the Philistine, he talked to him in a very educated way. He talked to him in a very succinct way. 
and he let the Philistine know exactly what was on his mind. As I read this story and I see what the Philistine says to David, you know, he basically tells David, in verse 43, it describes how, the, how Goliath felt. I mean, when David showed up, in verse 43, Goliath said, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He, he said, what, are you going to send this guy out to me? Am I a dog that you're going to send this kind of a person out to me? In verse 44, and the, and the Philistine said unto David, come unto me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now listen, I can't do this scripture justice. As you read the Bible and you let this scene come into your mind, you've got a 10-foot giant cursing basically a, a older teenage boy and basically telling him, I am going to kill you this day. This is like a, you know, the showdown at the OK Corral. And he said, I'm going to kill you today. The, and, and you can only imagine how most men would view this giant, a man of war from his youth, having that, had, having that said to them, but not David, not the man after God's own heart. If you read in verse 45, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, <laughs> and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day. In, unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. <laughs> and he wasn't even done there. It's almost like he says, I'm not finished. In verse 47, he says, and all this assembly will know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Does this sound to you like he is a man that is articulate? Does this sound to you that he is a man who can put his thoughts together? It does to me. This is a man who's been used by God. He has a heart for God. You know, God give us some young men, young women, older men, older women, who can put some thoughts together for the Lord and speak with faith about their God. Thank God for men and women who are like that. He had a heart for God. It was manifested by his faith in God. Not only by his faith in God, but it was manifested in his response to distress. Now, we can cover many passages of scripture about David. There are many things we can talk about him and how he had a heart for God, but one thing that is in particular that should be uh, very challenging to our lives about David is how he responded to distress. David you know, seem to just have a corner on turning to the right place when bad things were happening. In 1 Samuel chapter number 30, David had just come back from this excursion with the people that he was fighting with, and he comes back to a town where he had left his family. His family, all the families of his men were there. It was called Ziklag. When they get there, as they're arriving to the city, they see smoke coming from the city. You know, in olden times, when people rode on horseback, when they saw smoke coming from an area where their families were, they would ride their horses, they would run to that area because that was not a good sign, that something good had happened. 
The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 1, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded from the south, or invaded the south in Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burnt it with fire. And they had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, neither small nor great, but carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Can you imagine? You just got back to the town where you had left your family, and they are all gone. The city is burned. Everything's destroyed. You don't find your children. You don't find your, your spouse. I mean, this is a time of great distress. Now, the Bible says in verse 4 that when they came there, they were weeping so much to where they had no more power to weep. Have you ever wept so hard that you just, there was no more even strength inside of you to weep? There's been a couple times in my life that I, I can distinctly remember where I was. One time it was on a porch, not far from where I sit, where I was outside on my porch and I, I wept so much I had no more tears. My emotions were wrung out to the point where there was just none left. It was a time of great distress. Well, how, how did the men of David respond during this distress? What, what did they think? Okay. In verse number, uh, verse number six, the Bible says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Now let's think about this. The wives and the children were taken. The city was burned with fire, and some of the people who were following David thought the answer would be to stone their leader. Great idea. I'm sorry to use my spiritual gift of sarcasm, but I mean, there's a lot of situations that take place in life where at least one person just says something that is incredibly foolish. I mean, this is precisely what you shouldn't do in distress. Let's make a rash decision and kill the leader. You know, it, it stuff like that does aggravate me because if David needed anything at this time, he needed somebody to pray for him and pray that God would give David something to deal with, you know, something to recover from, give him something for us to do. But, you know, there are foolish people in life who are very impulsive. And when they're hurt very badly, they seem to direct their anger somewhere where it doesn't need to be. This can happen in anybody's life. You know, sometimes things don't work out for a teenager in life. And instead of taking accountability, instead of looking at themselves, what they do is they blame their parents. Mom and dad's the reason that I never succeeded. And, this, you know, this, this happens in life. You know, sometimes in church when something bad happens, they, they point their finger at a spiritual leader, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher. And really, that's not always a good situation. That's not always a proper response to distress. You might remember in Elijah's day, Elijah was told to go and stay with the widow at Zarephath. And not long after God gave this miracle, the, her son died. And the first thing that she said was, did you come here to call my sin to remembrance? I mean, it was not the proper response to distress. I thank God for Elijah that he knew where to go. In fact, the first person who was raised from the dead in the Bible, it was Elijah who had enough faith in God to see that that young boy was raised from the dead. But how did David respond to this distress? How did he respond when these people spoke of stoning him? Did he say, you know what? 
I'm getting out of here. You think I'm going to stay here for you to stone me? You know, did, did he tell his the people who followed him that he was done with them and he never wanted to see their face again? No, the Bible says what David responded and how David responded in 1 Samuel 30 and verse number 6. It says at the end of the verse, but David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. You know what he did? He started praying. He started praising. He started thinking about how great his God was and that God must have had a purpose in this. You know what he did next? In verse number seven, David called for Abiathar, a priest. Hey, not only am I going to encourage myself and God, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to bring, you know, in in, in the uh, the Bible says that they brought the, the, the ephod to David. This was uh, something the priests used in the Old Testament to ask God questions by. And David started asking God, what do you want me to do? And God told David what to do. And the Bible says at the end of this story, they recovered everybody. Nobody died. Nobody's, nobody's life was taken. They recovered everything and they recovered more. So David's heart for God was manifested in his response to distress. I really hope that's an encouragement to you tonight. You know, when you're under, dis under distress, think about encouraging yourself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself? I mean, just ask yourself that question. How does a person encourage themselves in the Lord when they're in distress? I'll tell you, number one, through the word of God. The word of God will help you get through times of distress. I'll tell you number two, prayer. Praying will help you get through times of distress. I'll tell you something else. Number three, music can help encourage you when you are going through a time of distress. David used those things in order to encourage himself. This is how he manifested a heart towards God. Not only that, but we know that David manifested his relationship with God, his heart for God, by his reliance upon prayer. Now, this didn't get put down correctly. This is actually 2 Samuel chapter number 5. If you flip your Bible over a few pages to the right, if you were in 1 Samuel 30. 2 Samuel chapter number 5, you have David doing this over and over again in his life. You know, once God started doing good things for David, he could have gotten presumptuous and just quit his praying and saying, you know what, I've been through this before. I'm just going to go and do this anyway. You know, some people get very presumptuous with the Lord. God's not telling them to do anything. Well, I'm just going to try this. And, you know, that's not really faith. That's that's more like foolishness. Faith is doing what God tells you to do and how he tells you to do it. And David here in first, uh, 2 Samuel 5, he's inquiring of the Lord about chasing the Philistines. And even after the Lord delivered the Philistines in his hand, 2 Samuel 5 and verse 22 and the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord and said, and when David inquired of the Lord, he said, thou shalt not go up. God said, don't go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come up over them against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then thou shalt bestir thyself. For then shall, thou, shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. David manifested his heart for God by relying on prayer, and he obeyed what God told him to do. God said, wait for the sound in the mulberry trees before you stir yourself up. He said, when you hear that sound, that's when you go. You know, sometimes when we're praying and we're waiting on God, God gives us that, that okay, 
I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you to, to go after this. That's what kind of man that David was. His heart for God was manifested in his reliance on prayer. I hope that you're a person of prayer. I hope when you're going through times of distress, you know, maybe a family situation, maybe your marriage, children, the church, people that you want to be saved. We know that we serve a God who answers prayer. He wants to hear our voices. David showed how he had a heart for God because he was a man of prayer. And lastly, we could say that David was manifest, his heart for God was manifested by his relationship to the shepherd. Now, we all know that Psalm 23 was a psalm of David, and Psalm 23 certainly, you know, was probably one of the most well-known Bible passages of all time. But David said this as he started this. This is his relationship to the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you are a child of God, you should be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, not everybody can say that. Some people aren't being led by the shepherd today. They're being led by their love for the world, their love for things, their love for money, their love for themselves, sometimes even their love for family. You know, but David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. He had a great relationship with the shepherd. He followed the shepherd. Now, like all sheep, there was even times in David's life when he went astray. But David showed us how that as a sheep in the Lord's flock, when the Lord disciplined him, when he went out to find that lost sheep or the sheep that went astray, David came back into the fold. He never quit on God. He never stopped loving the Lord. And even toward the end of his life, when he was giving his last words, he said, although it be not so in my house, he he said, I've got some trouble in my house. He went on to say that the spirit of the Lord spake by him and his word was in his tongue. He had a great love for the Lord. I want to ask you tonight before we close our evening service, uh, do you have a heart for God? Are you seeing God's working in your life and your relationships and your family relationships? Are you seeing God working in your life as you battle distress? Uh, Do you see God working in your life uh, through prayer when you turn to the Lord during prayer and in your relationship to the shepherd? I hope that you can see that your heart is uh, following after God. Now, I know that meeting like this is not the most ideal way to meet for a Wednesday evening service. On very rare occasions, we'll cancel services in person, Um, uh, but I think it's uh, safer um, for our congregation, for us to remain in our homes tonight as opposed to getting out there in the ice and um, taking a chance that people would fall and get hurt pretty severely. But in any event, I want to say this. I love you at the Metropolitan Baptist Church. I pray that we have good services. Please pray and uh, for our services this coming weekend that God would really work in our services. We have so much to accomplish for the Lord. We certainly need your prayers. And if you would, please uh, take some time out, invite your friends, invite your neighbors to church, use your cell phones if you can't get out to send a text, uh, to make a phone call, to invite somebody to come to the house of the Lord. It'll be a blessing if they come. And make sure you're praying for one another. I know that many in our congregation are sick. I know that uh, many are uh, are going through difficult times. And uh, please know that you guys are in our prayers. 
pray for one another, and we pray that we'll be seeing you this coming Sunday. May God bless you and have his way in your life. Take care.